1: see in Pittsburgh. Can't wait. Fitzpatrick. Patrick. zone. Eric Decker holds it in. The Jets win in
2: overtime. And the New York Giants, given last rights by many in December, are the Super Bowl champs in February. This is NFL Friday. Going long on all news, reaction, and game picks for the Giants, Jets, and across the NFL on WFUV Sports.
0: And for one last time here in this NFL season, hello everybody and welcome to NFL Friday, WFUV Sports' exclusive football podcast We're putting the curtain on this NFL season with the Super Bowl. This past weekend, the Chiefs beat the 49ers 25-22 in Super Bowl 58. The Chiefs win once again. I'm Brian Raybacks. Today, I'm joined by Chris Percianen and Bridge Gotham, three of the guys who were in Vegas along with Julia Moss for Super Bowl coverage for WFW Sports. So, it seems fitting that we're able to collectively come together here today and recap the game that we were previewing all week last week out on the West Coast. Guys, how are we feeling? End of the NFL season, a little bittersweet, but Super Bowl. Got to talk about it.
1: Brian, you're such a pro at these intros. It's like you've done it three times today already. Yeah, but right? <laughs> aside from that, it, it comes down to the sense of bittersweet being the, the perfect word. It's so awesome that we get to lock in on the NBA, that we're – on the horizon of baseball season, but it comes at a cost, right? All good things Mm -hmm. come at a cost. There's no free lunch. And that means you got to give up the NFL season. Bridge and I are going to miss our Sundays being devoted to one thing. And one thing, only a, a special occupancy, a residency to use a Vegas term Mm. on the left couch. So, you you know, it comes down to that. And, uh, it's going to be something I miss a lot, but no better way to go out than with a bang being at the Super Bowl the week of, and, and getting to interview all the players we saw, you know, uh, watching the Super Bowl with Brian, this guy is just, oh yeah, I interviewed him, oh yeah, and, you know, he couldn't, couldn't stop flexing that's, on everyone. That's
0: not what I was saying, but yeah. could stop
1: flexing on everyone <laughs> the whole game long, so, you know, just the way that it goes like when, when you're credentialed for the the SB with WFUV. Wow. That's
2: exactly right. It was so much fun to be out there with you guys last week. What an experience, walking around, going to see all the players, Radio Row, you name it, and a great game to boot once we got back. And like you said, one last time on the couch, enjoying what we love to do every Sunday. Couldn't ask for much more.
0: And it was a really good game, at least by the box score. I mean, you look at it, second game in history that went to overtime, and the first one was the 28-3 to game between the Patriots and the Falcons. Back in Super Bowl Fifty One, it was a
1: big comeback. Yep. This was like dead even the whole time. This was even it better. was a
0: it was a ten point lead for the Niners at one point, and another example of Kyle Shanahan blowing a double digit lead in the Super Bowl. You go back to Oof. the twenty eight to three game when he was offensive coordinator in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. You go to the ten point fourth quarter lead that the Niners blew against the Chiefs yep. in twenty twenty, and then you look at this one in twenty twenty four. They do it again. It, I mean, it was a
1: 10-point lead with six minutes to go yeah. in that game. That's not a four, – fourth quarter implies it took the Chiefs 15 minutes to come back. It took them less than half.
2: And they and they lost 31-20. That's the craziest part. 21 points in the last, what, six
0: minutes of that Super Bowl 54? Yeah. But this one went down to the wire. It went right to overtime. And first, let's give credit where credit's due, the Kansas City Chiefs. I know it gives people a big groan to see them win Again, this is now their third Super Bowl ring with Patrick Mahomes in the last five years. So they've done a really nice job of just maintaining that level of dominance through everything, whether it be Tyreek Hill tra- getting traded. He's no longer there. Just some turnover on the coaching staff, losing Eric Bieniemy, who they talked highly of in <laughs> Las Vegas, that he was coming back, making visits, drawing up plays in the playbook. I have to wonder, did he draw up the play to McCall Hartman to end the game? Who knows, but yeah. the Chiefs win again, and now with them having the third ring in this kind of core with Andy Reid and Mahomes and Kelsey and all those guys, Chris Jones, can we say dynasty? Can we start throwing that word out there, guys? I think so. Yeah. Three and five years. That's a dynasty. That's kind of what it takes, right? Everyone's like, okay, you have two, but you need that third to really get into dynasty levels, and... They're also the first repeat champion since the Patriots in the early to mid-2000s. So
1: so that's the thing to me. I think it's less the three. Like, if they won two but had three other appearances, like five straight appearances or something in the Super Bowl, to me, that's dynastic. Um, So the fact that they won two back-to-back and there's a third, like the combination of those two things. Is like the confirmation that it's a dynasty.
2: Yeah. And not only that, what stuck with me was after the game when all the players, and I think Andy Reid might have mentioned this too, were talking about the possibility of going for three straight, which has never been done before in the NFL. If the Chiefs were able to do that, that to me would separate them from anything we've ever seen because it hasn't been done before. A three-peat is synonymous with, we've seen it in baseball, we've seen it in basketball to do it in football where it is so hard to get that one Super Bowl. Niner fans are all too familiar with it. Coming up short three times in the Super Bowl in our life and the NFC Championship that many more times. It's not easy to win the big one. It was amazing what the Patriots did for 20-plus years. And now the Chiefs, the
0: next dynasty, could they go for three in a row? Only time will tell. I forget who was saying this to me, but someone, I think last night, was saying that they were just somehow like rooting for the Chiefs to get a 3P. like It's something we've it's never history. seen before, right? It would be. In, in some ways, you have to appreciate the greatness a little bit, I feel like. So if the, if the Chiefs are able to get back there and get a 3P, I mean, that'll be extremely, extremely impressive and something that we'll look forward to. But the Super Bowl MVP, once again, is Patrick Mahomes. And now, if you look at the comparisons with... Mahomes and Brady before the age of 30, Super Bowl accolades, they're pretty similar, guys, and this is something that we brought up at Radio Row, where mm-hmm. if he gets a Super Bowl, does he kind of enter the Brady conversation where, hey, he could maybe do this? Because he doesn't, he doesn't show any signs of slowing down anytime soon. Could he get to seven, potentially? Let me
2: put it like this. Um, I don't know what the record marathon time is. Let's say a guy is, I don't know, 10 miles in and he's on record pace. He could set the record. Still got 16 miles to go, right? That's the way I look at it. He's only 28, Brady has seven championships with a lot of other accolades. Patrick Mahomes certainly on pace to do a lot of really great things, but there is so much time left in his career. And no one's going to call, I'll use that marathon example. If you're not, if you haven't finished yet, right, when it's all said and done, There's still so much to happen. No one calls anybody the champion or the greatest
0: until they've passed or won the race. And another thing that's so interesting about this Chiefs team is they had to battle through some adversity to get here where the offense just didn't look like it was clicking a lot at certain points in the season. And they lost six games during the regular season. That's the most under Patrick Mahomes in their career. So really a lot of people were seeing this and – seeing the road playoff games they had to go with against Buffalo and Baltimore and then a really good 49ers team in the Super Bowl. I think out of the three Super Bowls that they've won in the last five years, this one might be the most impressive in terms of the path to get there, where it easily could have gone in a different direction and they could have, you know, folded at the first hand of adversity in the divisional or AFC title games. But they were able to come through, and it just shows that no matter what, this regime, they're just always going to find a way to get there in the end. The Kansas City Chiefs are just going nowhere.
1: I I think the fact that the Bills are such a non-factor like legacy-wise is something. Um, I think the fact that they have been such a good team, Allen has been such a good quarterback, and they've just been overwritten by the chiefs. Like that's where the dynasty thing comes into play with me too is in that regard. It's just so dominant. It's so it's such a given that the chiefs are a player and you know even when in the middle of this past season they were getting written off wide and large um they still came and did the thing and it's they got so, it done
0: and it's so interesting that we were talking about the offense kind of fluctuating at certain points in the season but a point that you know was brought up on Radio Row is that the Chiefs kind of let led on their defense a lot more this year than we've seen in years past I mean when you have Chris Jones and Trent McDuffie and the secondary that they have and led by Steve Spagnuolo who now has another Super Bowl ring to his resume it's Just really, this team always finds different ways to beat you, but the defense this year was really impressive, and it showed up in this game. The 49ers were driving on their opening possession and got into the red zone, but they forced a turnover. Christian McCaffrey never fumbles the football, and then you see him do it in the red zone in a crucial spot, so this Chiefs defense really stepped up all year and made some big plays in the Super Bowl when they needed it. Yeah. Talk
2: about Steve Spagnolo, the job he's doing. We had a chance to talk to him. Great interview with Chris Percy on it, of course, and he called all these great plays. And I remember uh, when the Niners were driving toward the end of the game, and he called a, he called a blitz and just get, made Purdy so uncomfortable. And I forget who it was on the Niners that was open in the end zone. It might have been Ayuk or somebody else. But had they not brought the pressure, Purdy had had a man wide open, but had no choice but to throw the ball away. And this is just Steve Magnolo staying home, staying to what he knows, and really just making the quarterback uncomfortable, knowing that Purdy's a young quarterback, knowing that this is how you're going to have to win the game to stop him, to force a field goal, to get the ball back. That was so big. And back to your previous point real quick um, about how great Mahomes and how great the Chiefs are. Like I had a turning point myself watching this game. I wasn't rooting for either team. I was rooting for a good game. I never had anything for or really against Mahomes. But once they got the ball in overtime, like this after the 49ers field goal and started driving, I was like, oh man, like this reminds me so much of what the Patriots and Tom Brady used to be. Like, this is really fun. Like, I know, like, I'm not jumping on the bandwagon, but man, it's hard not to kind of ride the wave and root for greatness. And now they've won, what, three and five years yeah. and they're going to keep going. Like, it's like, like this is legit, man. Like, f- it's exciting. Like, Mahomes is so special. We've
0: never seen a player like him. I feel like it's different from the Patriots in the sense where, like people just could not stand the Patriots, where Brady had a way of winning that was kind of, in a way, like I don't want to say boring, but it just wasn't really like that uh, appealing from yeah. flashy to watch, but then you look at a guy like Mahomes and he is really just on top of everything, like doing all these flashy things. You know, he can throw the ball 70 yards if he wants to. He gets out of sacks. He's really athletic. Not to say Brady wasn't. They were both great in their own (laughs) right. But, yes. But, yeah, it's just been kind of remarkable to see what the Chiefs have done. And we're talking about defense. And on the other side of things, the 49ers fired their defensive coordinator, Steve Wilks, right after the game, which I thought was really interesting and surprising. But, uh, you know, you had players coming out saying that they didn't feel prepared for the Chiefs, and you had two weeks to prepare. You go through such an extensive process, and just to, like, kind of not be ready for what they're throwing at you, and players vocalizing that, that's pretty surprising. I think that led a lot into Steve Wilkes' departure.
1: I think... It's kind of crazy that he was let go after one season, right? How do you scapegoat? I think it's a scapegoating. I think that's the way that it is framed right now. And obviously this next season, the Niners could come back with a huge defensive upgrade and and, you know they have a lot of key free agents, but a, a great coordinator gets them in shape and they look really good. And this sounds silly, but I think after such a successful season to let go of your DC and be like, hey... Um, that you didn't cut it this year, like that—that to me feels like the the GM being like, ah, things went wrong. This has to be someone's fault.
2: Like you feel like you had to do something just because of potentially the reaction you'd get from the fan base. But like even from what I've seen, like, of course, if you're a Niners fan, you're upset at the loss. But I don't think anyone was like saying like, I mean, yes, they could have done more, but like this is kind of like you came up short in overtime. Like, what more could you really have done there? I mean, you could have. You got the ball first. You chose to get the ball first, and we'll get to that. But, I mean, like, they played a good game. It's not like they got blown out and that you can look at the defensive coordinator
0: and be like, it's all his fault. It's been one season. Well, Before we get into the overtime kind of debacle that people are bringing up, I mean, you look at the 49ers' defense and just seeing Dre Greenlaw go down, running running onto the field, I've never seen that before. That was so sad and the video of Fred Warner mic'd up when yeah, he like I saw sees it and oh, realizes man. it oh, it's just so heartbreaking so
1: the the NFL films like from the last Chiefs 49ers was like the most motivating video ever because of the Mahomes comeback and this time it was like heart-wrenching yeah to watch i know i, I, I watched know.
0: it as well it was great but sad very sad definitely definitely really sad and our thoughts go out to him as he gets surgery on his Achilles in the off season, But looking at the rest of this game, got to talk overtime because this is, funnily enough, since when the whole 13 seconds Bills-Chiefs game happened and that game went to overtime and the Bills didn't get the ball back, everyone wanted the overtime rules to change, and they did right mm-hmm. away. But in two years since then, we did not have an overtime game until the Super Bowl where the new rules were in place each team gets to possess the ball in overtime the 49ers at least some players like weren't familiar with the rules and i'm i'd like to think Kyle Shanahan was but they chose to get the ball first and put the let put the chiefs in a position where they would able to be able to know what they had to do yeah. and it gives you an extra down necessarily cuz you can play for fourth down when you know what you need to get done and Yeah, they respond to the field goal and march right down the field and score a touchdown just as time's about to expire in the overtime period. Just what do we think of the 49ers' handling of the rules? Because they won the coin toss and they chose to receive.
1: Well, listen, I'll be quick here. If you trust your offense, which you should if you're San Francisco with all those playmakers, I don't hate getting the ball first, setting the tone, putting pressure on the Chiefs, making them feel like they have to score and respond thing is if you don't get that touchdown, you got to settle for that field goal. Yeah, you've opened yourself up to a tough situation, but the plan was never to not score a touchdown. The plan is to go score a touchdown. I get you have to do risk assessment, but I I didn't hate the decision. Yeah, it's
2: funny because the new rules actually, from purely a black and white perspective, didn't have any impact here because with the old rules... If the first team went down and kicked a field goal, the other team would get a chance to possess the ball. And that's exactly what happened. Of course, the mindset going into the coin toss is different because of the new rules. And funny enough, uh, I actually agree with Chris. I don't hate it either. I know maybe some of the players weren't familiar with it. But I think what Kyle Shanahan said after the game was the idea was Niners score and then the Chiefs score. And then once that once you possess the ball for that third possession, that can end the game. And that's kind of what they thought coming up short with a field goal like Chris mentioned it's that's never the plan that's how it played out and
0: unfortunately you gave Patrick Mahomes the ball that that was it everyone just loves doing like hindsight like second guessing type analysis where they see the Niners get the ball first and then the Chiefs end up scoring a touchdown and winning the game and everyone just wants to kind of throw tomatoes at the 49ers for not taking the ball second but the thing is at least from what Kyle Shanahan was thinking, he wants to possess the ball third because yep. if they just trade points, then the next score wins the game. Also, the Niners did score in their opening possession, and then from that point on, you're trusting your really strong defensive unit to be able to get a stop. Now, they did not, so it didn't work out that way, but I still don't hate the decision to take the ball first because if the 49ers ended up holding them, no one's talking about San Francisco getting the ball first in overtime but that's just how it goes in yeah. these types of situations.
2: Yeah, that's right. I'd say like the only big hindsight is is if you quite literally reverse what happened, you take the Chiefs touchdown and say that happens first in overtime, then of course with that knowledge San Francisco would not have settled for the field goal. But that that that's the case even in the in uh in regulation. If there's 5 minutes left, it's a tie game, one team scores and then the other team gets the ball and a chance to tie. They know they have to go for it on fourth down. So I don't think that's really uh, unique to overtime. And I think that in this situation, I think you just go with what your gut is, what you think was is best. And I think getting the ball first because you want to win that game. And I, I, I think they're getting way too much hate, I think, purely because a lot of the players on the mic up and after the game were like, Kyle checks like, oh, yeah, I didn't know. What. Yeah, both teams not get the ball. look at all. Terrible look. Like, don't say that, are like, And then, you're, say and then that, you're, hearing,
0: you're hearing things that the Chiefs have been practicing this since yeah. training camp, like – it's definitely not... Makes
2: things look a lot worse.
0: Yeah, and it's not that I think that the 49ers like, had no idea what was happening. Like I'm sure Kyle Shanahan knew the rules, but that's just kind of the last sort of tidbit that I think a lot of people took out of this game where the Niners possessed the ball in overtime to start, and the Chiefs ended up winning. But the Chiefs, I mean, the legacy is there. Patrick Mahomes has his third ring. The Chiefs have their third ring in the last five years, and who knows? Maybe you get a three-peat next year, but really next up is just the off season, where we find out where players are going, what teams are going to make huge improvements. There's a lot of excitement going on, but I think that's a good time to kind of leave everything off and save things for another day. Thank you so much for listening to NFL Friday. So long. All season. Great season, long. guys. This has been a lot of fun. I got to do a lot of episodes, and this was great. Thank you to our producer Ben Oppenheimer in the back for handling the boards. From Bridge Gotham and Chris Percyinen, I'm Brian Rebeck signing off for this season on NFL Friday. And NFL Friday is a production, as always, of WFUV Sports.